I don't feel comfortable doing the opening. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Welcome back to the... I love it. I love doing the opening. <laughs> Welcome back to the Corrective Culture podcast. Today we have, which is a bit of a trip for us, we have the CEO of the Czech Institute, who uh, Gavin Jenkins. So Je- nice. Jennings. Yeah. Jennings, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really good to have you on, bro. And um, it was such a trip when you called the other night because... Uh, you know where we love the Czech Institute. We've been we've been a part of it for for a long time now, and we just really believe in it. So it was so aligned with our core values. And when we got we got you call, we're just like fuck yeah, we got to do this podcast. Yeah, and it's so cool <laughs> just like hearing uh, reading a part of your story just before, man. It's like um, there's you, you know you've been through the fire, <laughs> and and just seeing that your old boxing fights and Wing Chun and army and and you know we'll go into all that sort of stuff and and really just um attempts at business in different businesses until you're, you're here now and glowing in front of us on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch watch the video because he's healthy. He's, he, he represents, yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's health. Yeah, yeah, you look healthy. Yeah, you look yeah. healthy, <laughs> which is, like, always a good thing. You know, you know what it's like when someone's like, I'm healthy, but then they're not, they don't represent it. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's great to be here. You know, one of the reasons why I kind of reached out to you is because I was so inspired. Um, I was actually speaking to uh, Brandon Sweeney, who's a, an Australian uh, student a few weeks back, and, uh, and he was a really great guy. And, and he said, oh, listen, have you, have you heard of these two guys? They got this Corrective Culture podcast. I said, they're two, you know, two Czech practitioners, and they're really doing well. And, and I thought, oh, no, no, I've never heard of it. So I listened to your podcast, and I was inspired. Oh, that's cool. So I wanted to kind of reach out to you straight away and just say, listen, guys, what you're doing is, is phenomenal. So uh, it's it real. It's an honor to be, uh, to be here and uh, chatting with you both. Yeah. Thanks so much, yeah. dude. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's, um, it's really cool. Like I'd love to get into your journey of how, um, I guess leading up to how you, you took the role of the CEO of the Czech Institute and in Australia, it's gotten so much bigger now. Like I, I only heard about it, um, years ago through jake because he hurt his back and and he met donald carr and donald rehab and etc but it wasn't really still known amongst um pts or just just local sort of in australia you know what i mean um and then now uh, it's just it's just gotten so much bigger like we we heard there was there was a workshop or it was like ims one or two in in perth recently and eight out of the ten people this is what someone told me said they were there because they were listening to our podcast and they got learned about the check and then went and then you know how it is like you you get a taste and then you just go into youtube and you just go to town on paul's videos (laughs) and and it just opens your eyes up it opens eyes up to for me to a to the youthful crowd of spirituality and health and owning your your shit and it's the combination i think that's made it cool that you you don't have to be the spiritual man with the white robes you can still be sound within yourself, but also have a six pack because <laughs> we still want that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's what I found as well, because yeah, I think a lot of people, when they, they come onto the Czech journey, uh, initially, they, they think they've got to be something which is quite spiritual. If you're going into that end of things, well, I went into it because, you know, I loved exercise. I loved the physical components of that. And I wasn't really into the, the whole spiritual side of things. And, Initially, when I was listening to Paul, you know, when he was speaking about religion or, you know, kind of like spirituality, it was kind of a bit of a turn off for me. Um, as you get older, though, as I progressed onwards, I only entered the Czech journey when I was um, in my early 30s. Um, as, as you kind of go on from it, what actually happens is obviously you, you develop and, 
Um, and I think also you realize what Paul was speaking about, although they might sound completely out there, completely woo-woo, you see the relevance of it when you're working with clients. You actually see what the guy's talking about, and he's not talking about you know, things that are completely relevant. Everything that Paul's talking about is relevant, uh, and it's just whether you choose to embrace it at that time on or, or not. Yeah, I had a similar experience. I did HLC2 with Paul in 2014. And um, I had the same thing. I was young. And I think I think I was about twenty four, and I wanted to I wanted to be like jacked. That was pretty much my whole thing. And I went there, and I just, man, did I get a fucking mirror shoved in my face? And um, I was just like, holy shit! Like I need a I need a lot of inner work. And uh, it was just such a beautiful thing because I went there for the to to meet Paul and be be strong and learn stuff. I didn't really know too much about HLC. I knew HLC one, but as you know, HLC two was more of a fucking like mind warp <laughs> which is crazy and man one of the first things paul said to me was my soul's telling you telling me to tell you to get this book the wisdom of insecurity by alan watts and i was like who the fuck just comes up to you and says that like yeah. I know i've told that story a few times but yeah. man it's fucking weird when you meet someone who you you have you know i had him on a pedestal and I, and then he just said that and i was like oh he lives up to it yeah <laughs> yeah actually living up to it yeah yeah, that's. I think see. the first time I met Paul actually was uh, at HLC two, um, and um, I'd seen him, you know, present and things like that. But I was in the classroom, and you know, I, I must have been um, HLC two. I was probably thirty five, thirty six, something. And I, I met Paul, and uh, you know, I didn't know what to say. I just said, "Hey, Paul, you know, really great to meet you." And <laughs> so, you know, it's like mm, I don't know what else to say, and it was really awkward. And like Paul said, "Yeah, really good to meet you too, buddy." And he walks up. And I, you know, I just like, you know, I just, but it's, it's quite funny going person. Yeah. And imagine like for you, man, you'd be pinching yourself thinking back then you would have never thought like hindsight's a wonderful thing. Right. But thinking, Oh, I'm going to be CEO of this whole joint one day, you know, and in that, in that first HLC one or two, whatever it was like, um, it's crazy how the universe just looks after you when you live by the principles that are taught. Really, that's mm. that's the way I look at it now. I, I said on the podcast the other day, man, I feel like it's it, it gives you a really nice blueprint to get through life with the least resistance possible. There's always going to be a resistance, but some people are going to do it harder than others. And I feel like just the concepts help you uh, not drop into a victim mentality whenever bad things happen. Mm. And I think that that's, that's what, I, what I take from it a lot from the spiritual side of things. But I'm the same as you. What got me into it is the body. Is is I love that. You know, I love just the anatomy of the body and, and how this is connected to that. And, and then you go into this and the visceral and, and, you know, I'm still at the level of um, just the, the physical matter more say, like from the, from a physical therapy side of things. But I know that I'll, I'll dabble into that sort of s spiritual side with people. I do it in my own way. I just, um, I mm. can't do it like sort of Joe Russian can do it or like Paul can do it. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure. But like Jake's, Jake shreds at that. Like when, when someone asks, a question like if I have if I have a client come in and some heavy stuff's going on and he's in the room, I'll just ask him for some sort of uh what do you think? I just say, What do you think? <laughs> and then there'll be some answer from some book that he's read from fucking Alan Watts ten years ago or something that comes out <laughs> and it's the same I'm just a wannabe fool. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you I so, think you know Oh sorry man. So, how did you how I, did you um begin on the journey like what was it hlc one did you just like what was your when did you first hear about it and, and get involved in it like how what was your journey into it well i was a personal trainer 
Um, and it was, I, I think I, I, I entered the personal training world. I retrained as a personal trainer when I was 30. And I'd, I'd been in self-employed for 12 years before that. So I was a personal trainer, but <clears throat> I, I, you know, I was, I was successful as well. I was like, you know, as I said to you, was, I was seeing 65 clients, you know, it, it was a wow. week. It, I was Whoa. really busy, you know, um, complete workaholic, you know, that's, that's, that's been my kind of thing all through, all through life. Um, and really, I think I got to the point after two years, maybe just a bit after two years, and I thought, this is not, this is not scalable. I can't continue to do this. You know, I can't not continue to do the 65 hours, but I just thought, you know, this is not something I can really kind of grow into a business because I've always been forward thinking. And like we were saying before, Colin, you know, with when you look back at different parts of your life, or, you know, if, if I was to look at myself when I was 30 and think, well, I'm going to be CEO and things like that. I've always kept notebooks and journals. Uh, so I always, I always journal, I always notebook. And I, you know, I, no matter where I am, I've, I've always got my notebook handy. Wow, okay. But I always make, I always draw on a dream. You know, I'm a massive dreamer. So then I'll always kind of design what I want to do in the next three to five years. And it's what I brought into the Institute. But, you know, when I, when I look back onto my notepads and I see what I planned, usually when I look back, I've, I've accomplished them all. And some of these were really kind of high dreaming, you know, kind of things that I wrote down or wanted nice. to do this and wanted to do that. And, you know, I think that's, that's the thing, you know, you've got to have big, hurry, audacious goals. You know, you, it's, it's business. If you've not got those BHAGs, as Jim Collins kind of refers to it, then you kind of, you're wasting time. And I think the biggest kind of lesson that I've learned in my 50 years is that you've got to set your goals big enough you know you've got to set your goals fucking out there mm. because you've got to aim for that you know you've not to kind of work yourself to death by doing it but you've got to have those goals otherwise it gets a bit vanilla you know it just gets a little bit kind of lame fuck that's so cool so, to hear that yeah 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 we we had a, a goal setting session the other day with a business mentor and everything because things are really starting to build for us in business and we had like a, a two-year uh, no one-year three-year and a five-year plan and we were just like we were just discussing it and they were just like and just hearing you say yeah. that, like, do you know Jim Ron? You ever heard Jim Ron's stuff? Uh, you no. might, might have seen him pop up. I think he was Tony Robbins' mentor. He died years ago. But um, he makes you write down 100 goals. There's a thing called the Jim Ron Journal. And it's um, 100 goals. And it's so funny you said that. I was thinking this the other day. I found what I wrote into it. And I've, it, one of the top ones said, uh, corrective culture, Jim, on the water um, with our own jujitsu. And we got a place on the water here in Sunshine Coast. We've now got our own jiu-jitsu. And you cannot get a commercial place on the water, man. Like, it's so hard to get a commercial on the canal. And we just, like, got it without, like, really, I don't know, it just sort of happened. And it felt yeah. like we didn't really have to do much. It's like, oh, that popped up. We applied and we got it. And you, so, so funny you said that what you write down, if you don't write it down, then you yeah, don't know. You're not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like you, you have to write it. Yeah, though. fully. Yeah, it's, it's like, like that's so cool. That's I'm going to get a journal. Proof. That's that's yeah. yeah. And you yeah, could describe. You no, know, it's, it's it's the the art of scribing something, because we all have these crazy thoughts, you know, at, at different times of the day and whatever. But unless you actually scribe it, unless you actually put that down, and some of it might just be bullshit. You might just come back to it later and think, yeah, that was kind of a good idea at the time. But when you kind of like wake up the next day, it's not kind of a good idea. But unless you actually scribe something down, unless you actually write something down, and it's good, the crazier the idea, the better, you know, for me. And then then what the actual, the real thing is, then it's working out 
what your strategy would be to get to that. So it's actually breaking it all down and then you think, well, okay, well, this is the strategy. This is why I want to get to that point. And then from the strategy, then it's okay, okay, well, what is the what how am I going to be able to do that? You know, in what whole, you know, terms of kind of dream team, who do I need to be part of the team to, to be able to get to that point? And that is, you know, I think that's what's missing uh, a lot within um, the health industry, especially, you know, with, um, you know, um, not just the kind of Czech practitioners, but, you know, I'll, I'll go into a little bit of my kind of background with um, clinics and whatnot, but it's the same with physiotherapists, physical therapists, osteos, chiropractors, whatever. It's not really ingrained in them enough that this is a business and we need to, you know, we need to act like a business and plan and strategy and and the rest of it. So, I mean, the way that I kind of got into it was really, I was personal training and I I just realized that this wasn't for me. So I went to a um, a kind of a fitness convention in the UK called uh, FitPro. And I saw this crazy American dude with bald head speaking about all these kind of weird things. I'm thinking, what, you know, talking about menstruation cycles and nothing. I I need to know that. And then, you know, after listening to him, I listened to it the first lecture, I forget what it was, and then listened to a few more. And then, you know, my kind of, my, I suppose my kind of, um, my barriers were lifted. And I just thought, let's listen to the guy. Let's not just judge this. Let's listen to it. So I started listening to it and it just resonated. I just thought about all the clients that I was working with. And, you know, you could, you could correlate what, what Paul was saying with the clients I was working with. And I was seeing six to five clients a week at the time. So I was seeing a lot of clients, you know. And then from there onwards, um, I think I actually did, um, uh, uh, I think it was HLC, it was, um, I did some prerequisites, but I did HLC1 live first, which wasn't with Paul, it was one of the faculty. Um, from there onwards, you know, I realized that some of the major components of my health, which is was still a problem, was down to food, you know, and it was like a big revelation. Oh, God, you know, maybe fat-free eating like I was doing at the time and, mm-hmm. you know, and eating veg and only a little bit of like white meat and, and all that kind of stuff wasn't actually doing it for me. This was uh, probably about 2004, 2005 or something. And um, it was just kind of a, a – it was almost like a slap in my face, you know. It was a case of, right, you know, I need to wake the fuck up. So from there onwards, I went on, I did exercise coach, which is the IMS one. And then I got the book, you know, it was a case of this works, you know, this is it. This is the, the business plan I've been looking for. So I, I stopped, you know, what I was doing as a personal trainer and I developed a different kind of model on which was, you know, kind of eventually led to the Czech clinic. Wow. So you, you did you move more from personal training and in, in more into rehab, would you say, more dealing with pain? Um, I think initially, probably, yeah, but um, I think initially it was, the thing is, I mean, when I was personal training, all the clients were in pain, you know, <laughs> it, it's a, it, it, that was a bizarre thing. That's why I thought it was just, it was a bad business model because I was trained as all personal trainers are trained to work with fit people, you know, and, you know, you have a few little bits if the person's got back pain or whatever and it was just absolute nonsense. And I'd done, um, I actually completed a UK qualification. I went over to the US and I did the, uh, I did a, the uh, NASAM um, kind of qualification at the time. I never heard of Czech Institute. This is before I met Paul. And then um, I came back from the US. I had to go out there and do it and come back. <clears throat> but it still didn't really prepare me for the kind of clients coming through the door, you know? So when I actually did HLC1, I, I immediately got all clients doing HLC1, but 
I fell into the trap that I think a lot of practitioners do when they complete the first check course. We all become, you know, little pole checks and we start wagging our fingers at clients and, <laughs> you know, and trying to kind of like be a preach and, you know, the gluten's the sin and, you know, whatever yeah, yeah, it might yeah. be, you know. And um, and from there onwards, then I did IMS uh, level one and that's where I, I think it wasn't really kind of pain rehab. It was all corrective work. It was, you know, postural correction and, you know, everybody needs that, as you guys know, you know, it's that everybody who comes through and it's not like we're looking for it. It's a case of, well, there's no way I can actually get the results that this person really wants, no matter what that might be, unless we actually look at this person properly and assess them properly and look at the, the diet and the lifestyle. Otherwise, we're just wasting the fucking time and wasting our time, you know? Mm. So it was kind of a, a nice kind of graduation, but I was personal training within a, a big box uh, gym but I was also working at uh, Baltimore Andrews uh, football club which is a, was in a premiership at the time and I was working within the kind of physio clinic just doing kind of a what's called advanced rehab I, even though I was in check training I was you know, doing some stuff um, and I was working within um, a private hospital as well in their rehab department again it was just the basics you know just because the physios were doing the acute stuff and nobody else would do anything else and I, I was just kind of continuing that so I dropped the whole model. I, I finished the clubs. Uh, I, I finished the club and I opened my own studio at that point. And then I just went straight into check. You know, it was a picture literally case of, I know this works. and I know it's a great business model. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Sick. And did you have people working under you and things like that as check practitioners? I did. Yeah. So initially when I was personal training, I was so busy. I actually had two people working for me Sick. within 18 months really. Um, and they were busy as well, you know. Uh, when I moved to the, the my first studio, I had um, a personal trainer. She was she, I sent her over to New York to do uh, IMS one, so she could actually get trained up. And then I had two part time physios working with me, and I had a, a podiatrist working for me as well within the studio. Now they were doing more cute stuff, you know, and and all that, and we were just taking the people through, you know, into gradual kind of um, complete rehabilitation. But what I found was, I found because I was IMS1, to do the, my IMS1 assessments was tremendously thorough. You know, obviously, as you guys know, mm. even just IMS1 is, is ridiculously thorough. Mm. But also what I'd do is I'd get the every single client to see the physio for assessment as well. And I'd always get little bits from that, you know, mm. and um, that is what I kind of developed and developed. And my first clinic was only, I think, about, I think it, was, uh, it was either 300 to 500 square feet. Uh, which I don't know if we're in meters, but uh, it was small. It was a very, very small kind of studio. But yeah. we, within two years, it might have been three, I grew up to that. And we, you know, we actually moved to a, a 2,000 square feet premises. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Um, and it sounds, sounds kind of similar to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, we just started in the garage, man. Like, yeah. I wasn't a PT. Like, so, like, what happened is we were in Bali and Jake goes to me, He's like, man, just, you got to start, you got to start because you couldn't. And I was like all in at the time, you know, because um, I was just doing, just finished the check course, just finished IMS 2. But I kept feeling like I never knew enough. You know, I was like, oh, I need to, know, I need to read this book, I need to read this book. Like, um, and and then I just opened up in, in my garage and this was a real dank garage. Like the boys used to party in it all the time. There was still beer up the walls and shit, like <laughs> stains. It was like, it was not good. But I, I think it was it was actually um Jake's ex girlfriend was my first client. You got <laughs> you got me my first client, and then 
And then I just started posting on Instagram, all right? And like with their, you know, with their uh, uh, clearance. And and then all of a sudden, like I got a call from someone else. And then as soon as he left, like within two minutes, his brother called me. So within the first week, I got, I think it was like close to nine clients, right? And mm-hmm. and I was like, and I was scaffolding at the time. And this is it's funny because I now see scaffolding is all tension and compression. was the type I was doing anyway, with droppies. So it was like, it's funny how now I see the body a bit like that, looking where the tension and compression is. And like to see you see how you're being built, and um and then and then Jake and I moved in together, and then he was like fuck it let's let's just do it you know because he already did it years ago a little bit, and then we both started taking on clients out of this garage and then someone offered us a little tiny box room which is fifty square meters which is tiny, and uh and then all of a sudden that grew, and then now this popped up in the same street and we're like, let's just leap it. And we got other people that wanted to help pay rent that are also check practitioners. And now it's just developed into like our own hub that we can just hang out in, man. I feel like we built our own man cave mm-hmm. from the garage, <laughs> but without any, like what I almost want to do a video on it. Like we didn't follow the rules and we still made it. You know, I did, we had, I was told by people, you got to go do your physio thing. You can't get insurance, but we got insurance, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. Um, and you, you, how, you gonna, how are they going to pay you with that private? But when you get so sharp at it amongst the crowd that's around, people that are on private will pay out of their own money because you can't buy it. You can't buy someone's head. You know what I mean? You can't just go to the next person. That's, it's, it, that's what I mean by it's, um, it's, it's the word I'm trying to think of. It's priceless. It's priceless. Mm. Yeah, you, there's no price you can put on it because you can't just pay no someone way. else more because like, they don't know who to go to. So. I think for the people listening, like we've had a lot of people that started doing the check courses with us, but it's, it, it really, it's everything for us. You know, we're here mm. now. because uh, of Yeah. That. I just felt like I just had to have to say thank you yeah. to, to yourself and the Czech Institute because, and Paul, like, of course, but like, fuck man, like without, it's changed our whole life. And I know we've been really proactive on the business side of things and we're growing and doing all sorts of different shit too now, but man, it's given us the base and for anyone listening, it's given us the base to fully just be ourselves and make money, good money, and grow. It's just like fucking yeah, grow living and, life on our terms. It's and, crazy, And man. be it's healthy sick. and yeah. be the representation of health for the younger crowd because it was always just whey protein and and sh- and basic weights. And it, that was all we knew, man. And it's still, it's still the big thing here, right? No one – if you go to a PT course here, it's still two pieces of white bread in the morning with wheat bix or something, you know? Mm. So I think just – the fact that now we can represent it within our own body, it's given us the freedom to eat, be even better with my food. Cause now I've got more time to cook and like, I don't know. I just love it. It's so <laughs> much, yeah, it's changed it so much for us. And I didn't, we didn't, I didn't have to go through like a, a, a physical illness for it. It was just being competitive and wanting to be better. That's what got me through it. But I, I saw in your sort of story, like you had chronic back pain when you were younger. Yeah. From, um, from 18 onwards, so, you know, a lot of practitioners kind of enter, um, you know, the check system because of pain or whatever it might be. <laughs> For me, though, it was, it was, it was chronic pain from being 18 onwards from um, more than likely it was probably martial arts that I, you know, took a few scuffles, whatever. Um, but all the way through my 20s, I had quite a very, quite a physical job all the way through my 20s. And uh, it was, you know, personal training. I was, I was eating, you know, I, I was just, I was following the, brown bread and you know no butter you know tiny bit of margarine maybe and <laughs> just the nonsense that you taught you know in, in in school and then 
you talk, you know, within personal training qualifications, unfortunately, still have not really changed massively. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was pain. And when I did IMS1, you know, one of the things on IMS1 is obviously we, we get to assess each other. And it was only then I realized, shit, you know, I've, I've got some, I've got some things I need to work on, you know. Um, and from there onwards, I actually sought out um, a faculty member to, to do the full system with me, you know, to go through the full assessments and the HLC work, and, you know, combined as a, what the check system is. And it's only then that I realized I've got some work to do, you know, I need to actually start working on this. But it, 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 you're right, you know, the, the thing for me, which was the biggest difference was initially it was my energy. I had sustainable energy. Um, and because I'm such a kind of like go-getter kind of, you know, type of personality driven and all that kind of stuff, then, you know, you'd actually have your peaks and your troughs, you know, you'd go through manic times and then eating shit, you know, you go through a complete drop where you just can't function, you know, but changing the way that you look at food in the way that you look at yourself and, and all, and it's still a process, obviously, I've, I've not mastered it yet. Um, but the, the difference is that, you, you, you keep a lot more kind of level-headed, I think, and um, yeah. actually working out many of the the aspects of um, the check system um, make you know gives you a lot of confidence to work with anyone. You know, it, I have no problem. I, although I actually don't see clients anymore, I stopped seeing clients uh, six years ago mm. when I took over as CEO of Check Institute. I just didn't have the time to do it. But at that time, it doesn't really matter who walked in the door. You know, I can, you you can work help with anyone. Them, right? yeah. That's so true. That's, that's yeah. the way, man, like I'll send you this video of this little girl, one of my first yeah. clients, when I knew not a lot, man. And this, she was a... Were you yeah. IMS1 then? Or were you I, was IMS, I was IMS2. Yeah. Um, but she was, had, who knows, but it, it, they were thinking like a blood clot in a lumbar spine. She was walking in... At, just out of a wheelchair, young girl, like dragging her leg and just absolutely broken, emotionally broken. And I could just like, she was broken because the hospital said, we don't know what's wrong with you. You may never walk properly again. We don't know. There's like 10, she said there was like a conference call and like all these Australian people, like what could it be? But as you know, they need the test, you know, they can't talk about it without this test. So if the test doesn't show it, they can't really speculate and start saying it's this because it's science. But what this is this is the moment that was huge for me right and this is it was almost like i just done i t said it before like a big line of cocaine when she got better <laughs> that was the best pie you'd ever get and and that's it was a clear signal for me from the universe like oh yeah this is what i meant to do i understand now like you can help anyone it, it doesn't matter that this is so severe if they're not doing this let's at least do this you know um but she she they said oh you got thick blood that's what they told her and then I was like, thick blood. I was like, well, that, doesn't, like that sounds weird. And I, I didn't even know if it is. So I Googled, um, are you, is your blood volume thicken? Does your blood thicken when you're dehydrated? And it does. And then I go, do you drink water? And she's like, oh, not really. Like, you know, maybe one cup every day or every couple of days or something, right? And everything was off. She was getting like three, four hours sleep. But what I think the huge thing was, was that, when I was in front of her, she could feel my energy that I was like, oh, you're not doing any of this. God, we can do so much. Like, what do you mean? You're not drinking water. You're made of water, blah, blah, blah. And when she walked out of there, well, I should say sort of almost walked out of there, you know, um, she, her, her spirit was so much higher. And she was a broken girl when she walked in. And by the time she walked out, she had belief in herself. And then two weeks later, when I gave her the program, 
um, which was not much. She was mainly HLC stuff, right? And a little bit of movement. It was, was Feldenkrais shoulder spine in a great actually, which is <laughs> part of the book, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she walked back in then, like she, almost perfect again. And then the next couple of months, she, she's good now, you know what I mean? But she walked back in and it was a whole new woman. And it was just, that's when, for me, p- like personally at the time, business escalated a lot because I was like, oh, what's everyone doing? What, why did the hospital not ask her if she drank water? Mm. And as you already know, and as Paul s- talks about, all these basics aren't met. And I just think, fuck, you're made of water, you know? But that, that was a really cool moment for me. Um, don't remember how I got into that. Yeah, I was talking about how, how you can really, even with really complex clients, yeah. like uh, the check stuff gives you a very, very basic thing to start with. Yeah. So yeah. You can even help if anyone. it's just what you can help anyone. You basically. can help anyone. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. That you know, that's the thing. You know, I think that's, you bang on. I mean, that is, um, there's so many, you know, you ask any practitioner who's been, you know, doing it full time for more than like two years you know, and who's been working with clients, they're going to have stories like that. You know, they're going to have mm. absolute. And do you know what? That is the, that's the, the best thing about being a check practitioner. It really is. To get everything else, it's actually that, that exact thing. Mm. It's actually getting somebody in. I've had plenty of people, you know, coming in wheelchairs and, and whatever. And I applied the check system. Mm. It isn't fucking rocket science, this stuff. You know, it's literally a case of Paul has built this system and if you apply it, it works, you know? Yeah. And the thing about it is, is the, um, I would only do the, the check system for probably 90% of the clients. I never needed to do much more than anything else. I would actually have all my clients assessed as well with uh, an osteo or a para or a physio if there was, you know, significant things in there as well just to rule anything out. I would also refer out to a GP if I needed to or whatever it might be. Mm. But the, the thing about it is, is 90% of the clients can actually get so much better and you can actually help them move forward just using the, the basics, the four doctors, the six foundation principles, and also the, you know, just the assessments and the corrective work that we actually do. I've seen it for 20 years, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it, it's all you need. Is there any, I Absolutely. love asking people this, is there any, like that for me, when I, you ask me about my one client, that's the one that stands out for me in my head. Is there any clients or client that stands out for you that's like, oh, this person really needed my help and got, got better, or that really stands out for you? Yeah, there's, there's plenty, but um, one client especially, um, he, he it was quite, I think I must have been about IMS3 at the time, HLC2, maybe IMS3, but he came in literally in a wheelchair, you know, and, he, and the guy had been disabled in, uh, for 10 years, but he was only, I think at the time he was probably only, I don't know, 48 or something, you know, but he'd been disabled and he couldn't work. And because of a back issue, um, I think he'd actually had, I think it was a disc injury at some point and he'd actually had, you know, spinal surgery. I think they'd fused his joint. And with all those kind of things, it leads to the scar tissue just leads to more issues, which at least more issues. And the whole thing just escalates, you know? So the guy piled weight on and the usual story that a lot of practitioners can probably relate to, um, and you know what? They, they said, oh, he'll never work again. He was on benefits. You know, he was on, in the UK, they, they have disability kind of benefits that he gets from the government you know, because he's disabled or whatever. And, you know, I assessed him and I just thought, shit, you know, this, I need to actually work on the rest of his life with him because I was pretty confident at the time, not cocky, but confident, like, this is not actually that bad. As soon as I actually do some kind of HLC work with him, clean his diet up, get the information out of his body, get him doing some Feldenkrais work and all the other bits that we do really, really well, 
I'm pretty sure I, I can actually get this guy going. You know, I can. And within three months, the guy was squatting for fuck's sake. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, was, it was that different. But the thing that um, within six to nine months, the guy had slipped back. And that was, it was a kind of a, um, a, a kind of a, a kind of wake up call for me at the time. This was quite a few years ago that it wasn't what we were doing. It didn't, we, all the pain didn't come back, but his mental state hadn't changed, you know, because he was no longer the person that he was, you know, and this is what I talked to him initially about, but I didn't put enough emphasis onto it. This was years ago. And I learned massive kind of lessons from this. So in other words, he was so addicted to be this disabled person that, Oh, you know, it's it's you with the back pain, and how's your back today? Oh well, you know, I'm struggling, I'm getting through, I'm I'm soldiering on, kind of thing, you know, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he was so invested in that that he he was a different personality. He didn't know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But I've dealt with that all my career, mm-hmm. you know. And I think one of the things that that we need to understand as Czech practitioners uh, is that we have some amazing kind of uh, skills and and powers and within our fingertips. What we've got to do is we've got to make sure that the client is ready for those changes. And what's super important is that we drip feed it and we don't just go hail hell for leather because for a lot of clients, it's too much, too quick, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we've just got to take our time with it. So, you know, the guy did slip back, but it was, it was all the mental attitude. It was like, how can he be this person? He'd have to go and find a job. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to him what is it that you want to do with the rest of your life? Now you, you know, you can, you can walk, you can function, you, you're out of pain. What are you going to do? He had no idea because he was so invested in the, you know, the person he was, but obviously that's kind of a positive and a negative of learning lessons, but yeah. there's been super, you know, a tremendous amount of people that, that yeah. I've worked with that have never kind of looked back. My, my average retention with clients was um, between uh, five and six years. And it wasn't necessarily because I didn't get much pen. I got my, Train really quick, but they enjoyed the the ex, you know the uh, experience of, of progressing onwards and knowing that it's it's a life change, you know. And when I finished working as a practitioner, I, I still had three clients who've been working with me, with me for fifteen years, wow. you know. So it, it's just a it's a beautiful experience being a That's practitioner. It's it something is. I actually do really miss. Do, do and now that you're not working with clients. Because I, I think about this now too. Like we've recently pretty well stopped doing as many one-on-ones. I'll choose people that I want to work with that that really interest me and things like that. But h- how do you feel of like that part of feeding your soul now that you stepped away? You're not in the room of, with it anymore. Does that make sense? Like you're obviously doing great things, doing it for the world and the institute. Yeah, it's but a bigger scale now. It's a bigger scale. But getting that level. that energy while you're in the room with them you know what i mean it's, it's like hard to explain energy for you guys you know that's honestly that's what the, my my kind of um my focus has changed to because at one time it was getting that one person in and focusing my attention on them then it grew from me and that one person to me the team focusing on that person me spending time with my team you know because as you progress up the check career path then especially when you get to ims kind of like four really ims three and four then really it's your responsibility to to assess and then ideally hand out the corrective work to other people if you can do that. Mm. People chat practices underneath if you're able to do that, as well as doing it yourself, because I love that part of it. Mm. But then once I've done that, I did that for years and years, you know, managing uh, teams of practitioners and doctors and whatever. 
Um, but now it literally is a case of I see the, the, the students and that's that's where my passion is. So that's why I speak to students every single week. I, I open up my calendar and people can just book in with me for 20 minutes. I just, I like speaking to people. But my passion really for the Czech Institute, you know, where Paul developed the system, you know, Paul developed the ethos and the system and he's got something that works. My legacy now is to take it and to make it scalable, you know, to actually to, to show you how to make it work really, really well and make a really great business career and life from it, you know. Um, and that's that's where my passion is now. Yeah, that's that's, that's sick, eh? That's we're, sick. we're at we're at that point where we're like, yeah, we're deciding whether to, because because our supplements and everything that we do is doing so well. We're like, fuck, well, what do we do now? How do we how do we help more people on a grander scale? Yeah, and it's this? funny how yeah you're saying that. Like that's what we envision is like, um, I, we envision opening a gym here eventually. Like because this gym is like a private gym, we want to open like a large one, like almost like. There's a massive gym around the corner, right? But they're just they're just cooking it. They don't have the same. Um, they got all the money, but there's no heart in it. And everyone and it's. I don't think they're doing very well. You know, they got all the money, all the equipment, but it's just the energy's not there. And what we want is like a, a large gym where we have the ice bath, sauna, house, a work-in, work-out model, basically in the one place, and an organic cafe, and only Czech practitioners working out of there, and and like that have sort of learnt under some like us too because we've done like checks definitely the base I, I went heavy into the anatomy trains doing a mentorship right now with diane lee for the next year so she was just in sydney the other day um so it's just a blend of everyone but i only checking out these people because paul said to go look into their work anyway <laughs> you know so it's still it's still check mm. um and it's just opened up and you grab little pieces from everything but or from perspective of who I want working in that gym, I don't mm. want an anatomy trains practitioner. I don't want a Diane Lee practitioner. I want a Czech practitioner because mm. that's best bang for the buck, you know? And you can give Absolutely. them so much gold in in a five-day course. If you take a couple PTs, you can give them so much gold that you will help them for the rest of their life. If they want a PT, they'll get 30 clients like that because it's it's fresh stuff and it's, it's, it's different and it's just so um, applicable. Think, yeah, I think Gavin said it perfectly earlier, like, once you trust the work, like I remember there was a specific stage where I trusted the work. I had a guy with a broken neck at the time and I was like, he's way above my thing and I, and I got him out of pain and, I, and he's surfing again and stuff like that. And um, I was like, fuck, I just need to go back to the basics and trust this work. Like, you know what I mean? He had a forward head of like seven centimeters. <laughs> had a, although he had a broken neck, but you know what I mean? It was just like, I don't think it was that extravagant, but it was like five or something. It was forward. And um, then I just bring it back. I actually gave him blood pressure cuff work and he, and he went away for a month and did it and he went too far back and that was my bad for not telling him to... <laughs> fingers are tingling <laughs> and fingers shit. fingers tingling. So, is that normal? And I was like, nah, dude, come back in. Yeah. And, I, and I measured the thing it. About it. I think we all get imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, no matter sure. what it is, we, we all get, unless you're a super confident type person in anything and everything that you do, you're going to get imposter syndrome. And it's, it's really, really common with our year one academy students, you know, especially mm. uh, on the academy, what we, we find is that we have, a, um, I think 70% of people who join the academy are career changes. You know, they've never been in the industry. Mm. So they finish year one and they've got all this power at the fingertips, you know, but it's a case of, well, maybe I shouldn't practice yet. Like you were saying before, Callum, yeah. maybe I need to know a bit more stuff before I actually take on clients. Fuck no. no. You need to go and take it. You have a responsibility 
with the power that you've actually got to go and see people because that's how you learn and that's you know that's that's how we progress on with it yeah so i think you've got to trust the you've got to trust your training it's like everything in life it's like any profession that you're in if if um you know you look at the best professionals in the world whether they be military professionals or whatever it might be and the the thing which makes them different is is the level of depth that they go into it's the level of of training that they will actually go into on a regular basis you know until they actually master that and it is it's mastery and um, once you get into that flow you know into the flow state of actually learning and, and perfecting and just like you know being critical and thinking well yeah this is the way i'm going to do it this time then it becomes you know part of you and i think that that's what actually leads to a really great professional but you're just going to get stuck in uh, initially. If somebody's listening to this and you're just starting your check journey, then, you know, be careful, of course, but really just go and, you go and use your skills because pretty much 90% of the people out there need them. Absolutely. And, they, and they're, they're very safe. Like the, the, the phase one stuff, man, good, good luck hurting anyone with that stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's all non-axial loading. Like that's what I loved about it. I was like, this guy had a broken neck, but I knew that I could help him because the stuff was so good. I was like, there was like 10 things I could give him that were safe. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and people, like, they're so safe, and, but usually they're just going to go back to a gym. So it's always going to be safer than yeah. doing... I, I started Squats. in CrossFit, <laughs> you know? So um, I, I look back on now when we were CrossFitting, early days of CrossFit, 2009, and I look back at the kyphosis <laughs> with, with the, the snatches just wearing out shoulders. Probably that's why mine wore out for a little bit there. And um, <laughs> just the postnatal mums getting applauded, like, yeah, yeah, like doing heavy deadlifts, like all this sort of stuff. Then I know it's all coming from love. They're all coming from a good place. You know, it's just, it's just they don't know. And just people just dropping like flies, <laughs> just knees, shoulders, backs. <laughs> like, and, then, and then the disconnection of what's happening, and this is why I love Paul's model of owning your shit, the disconnection of, having the pain with the pain teacher, having the pain that heal from rest and then go back and do the exact same thing over and over and over and over again because the model of the whole child and, and that we're going to look to these people to give us the answer and just disconnected that pain is important. Mm. And like that's another model from the check system I think is so huge. That I, I really try and drill into my clients is like just that pain teacher, man. That pain teacher for me is like is, um, is everything I think. And no matter what pain you're dealing with in life, just reflect. <laughs> and that's like, yeah. that's not taught in school, you know? So that's why it was fresh to, to hear that, uh, you know, as a young man, I'm glad I got into it in, you know, my sort of earlier, early to mid twenties. It's like, it's just really cool to have these things now. Cause I'm telling this to like, you know, some 60 year old men that's blowing their mind. And it's just like, yeah. I, I just feel lucky, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's the thing though, isn't it? Because we, you, I mean, I, at the end of my career, I, I tended to work with kind of like major spinal issues, you know, and uh, as I was IMS force, I was kind of working with significant rehab stuff. Um, or I was working with, um, you know, athletes um, or whatever it might be. And I think the the thing about it is, is when you get up to a certain point, you, you, you want to work with um, a certain type of people. I was working with a lot of CEOs. So a lot of experience, especially the executives, it was a case of, you know, some of these people were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years older than me and running massive companies and whatnot. 
But when it came down to the physical aspects of knowing who I am and, and what I, I was doing, it, it was, it was the mentorship. And I think, you know, in life, I think with a lot of clients, they, they kind of, they push through life. And I've always, I read an article years and years ago. It was, uh, uh, it was a Times article. And it was when I first started being a check practitioner. And it was literally saying that the age of like your health, your health expectancy and your life expectancy is getting further and further away. So in other words, you know, what the actual report was saying, uh, I remember it distinctly because it was saying that majority of people kind of like the, the health expectancy finishes in the 30s. And we see the correlation with that with kind of like disc injuries, majority of kind of spinal, especially kind of lumbar kind of spinal in, uh, disc injuries happens at 32. You know, that's the biggest area age of spinal injuries. But then from 30 to 34, that's where people generally deteriorate, you know, and they start to deteriorate all the way through the, the mid-30s and 40s, you know, midlife crisis hits, whatever actually happens. And then literally, they're literally a zombie then, if, you know, in, in, um, in, not in all, all ways. But the health is just so kind of, um, it's gone. And by the time they actually get to life expectancy, they're just a, a crippled old person. I just thought at the time, that is exactly what I want to, you know, kind of um, concentrate on with my business. I want to help people just make sure that their health and life expectancy is way over there both at the same time, you know, that yeah. you can enjoy life, you know. And mm. at, at 50, you know, I, I feel in the best kind of um, personal mental kind of uh, shape that I've ever been in, you know, and I can only ever see that actually getting better, you know, because obviously I'm, I'm going to get older and that certain things are going to happen. But the thing is, you know, I feel confident with, with what I'm doing and who I am and my health and, and everything like that. And I think that's what we need to be able to, to show clients that, you know, we are the representation of who we, who we are and, and what we actually do as check practitioners. And it doesn't mean, however, that what I find with a lot of students coming into check um, classes is that they've got to be perfect. They've got to be some kind of ripped, you know, kind of um, male or female or whatever, you know, looking great and being Paul check and, and looking fantastic and, you know, all that kind of stuff because they don't. You know, to enter the check system means that you're working your way through it yourself. And there is no end point. It's just continuing to make sure that you adapt in all the principles yourself. Because, if you know, what Paul always says, you know, and if you don't worry in it and, you know, if you don't worry, don't share it. If you're not following the principles of what you're meant to be coaching with, then you have absolutely no kind of um, you've you've no right to actually be to saying that because it's just empty words. And I completely hundred percent believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Us, us too, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's why we train. That's you why we do it. Yeah. Plans, you know, yeah. you, you've got great energy. You know, you mm. you're accomplishing things in life, and the only way that you're going to do that is if you've actually got you know drive, you've got commitment, and also you've got health. You know, otherwise you'll you do what I did, you'll burn out uh, a few times. Yeah. Well, Joe Rushton said in um, HLC2, and it stuck with me because it was a deep course and a lot of it goes over your head, right? And then you get a few things, it's like, oh, I'm going to remember that, you know? And, um, oh, oh, my God, now I just <laughs> fucking forgot it. <laughs> Big day, hey. Um, um, Joe Rushton course. Yeah, Joe, Joe Rushton course. What's she saying, HLC2? Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm glad I brought it back. Um, energy. You, it, it's not time that's the commodity it's energy you know what i mean so you can have all the time in the world but if you've got no energy you're not going to do shit 
right? And and that's that's what keeps me in, in check for like, there's a lot of stuff we can do. There's a lot of things and things we can drive towards. But my first things, uh, uh, have I done my workout today if I've got the energy for it? Have, mm. I, have, I, have I had good food? Have I taken my dog for a walk? All that shit, once it's met, then I can build my dream. But if they get lacking, you, you just, it, it, there's like a, it's like a little tapping in the in yeah. the back of your soul or head or something that's just tapping, tapping away like, nah, nah, like yeah. you got to do this first or something that you d- will never feel fulfilled. Mm. And it, that in itself drains your energy. The thought of that drains your energy. So it's just, that, I think mm. it's really cool to hear that you're a living example of it, um, of when you're healthy, your, your mind works clearer. And I think what you said before, you're more level-headed. And I think that people don't realize that and I didn't realize that that it's not about just being healthy and having energy. It actually it actually calms you to the sense of you don't get pulled too far one way or the other. You just got this nice level energy that's nice to be around, really. And it's just it's really nice to be around. Yeah, having a having a good big dream is so important. Like our you know, I don't feel like I'd work out if I as much as I do if I wasn't like wanting to be the best person, the best version of myself or yeah. to be able to tr- like help people and then and be that be what we are you know yeah to evolve because yeah. it's you see people get to the top how you're talking about like you see these ceos right i had like one of these this guy that was a mentor for the ceo of Woolworths and shit right but um extremely overweight you know you see another one where when he's with his partner you can see she doesn't really like respect him or something she's almost talking bad about him to me while he's standing in front of me you know what i mean all these little things that they can get to the top in one part of the world but they're not in control of what they put in their mouth so I think the goal as a male and a female, and, and our goal personally is like we want to get to the, be healthy, but also be just still aware and financially well, healthy, fit, and not just one or just the other. I really want to bring it all and just be that. Uh, well, that's the king archetype, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how and how well do like you know faculty or or check practitioners that are really done it well do it? Like having the spiritual side of things, but also having the not neglecting the body and, and the earth of, of what they're doing. They're like, you know, like Paul's a great example. He's like, he's like a monk, you know, but he's also like not neglecting his body and not sitting on a pillow all day and getting fat. So it's like, mm. I feel like, fuck, a lot of people don't, don't blend it all in as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really I think cool. one of the things that you said, Cullen, um, is one of the things that I always teach in business um, with the academy guys and, and uh, you know, mentorship, whatever, but, is you should always get your hard shit done first um, because it does, it, it, it kind of, it's that tap, 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 tap in the back of your brain. And the one thing that kind of works with me is, you know, I've got, if I'm trying to do something which I need to be creative with, if I'm coming up with the next concept, you know, or we're looking to change a product within the Institute or, I mean, obviously I'm a major dreamer. So there's always some kind of creativity I've got to get, but then I've got to turn that creativity into a, a workable plan that I can actually then go to my team and say, look, you know, this is what it is because I need the buy-in. But in order to do that, I've got to get in that flow state. And I learned a lot of this from from kind of uh, working and living with Paul for quite, you know, in, in different, like over days and weeks and whatever over, over the years. But the thing is, it's all about the setup. Uh, and it works really well for me. It might not work for everyone, but it works well for me. If I'm going to be doing something, whether it be creating a new kind of course or creating a, a, a new strategy, whatever it might be, then I've got to make sure that I've, I've got the, the ground work done. You know, um, if I am if I want to work out, I'll work out first thing in the morning. I'll, I'll go to the gym, 6 a.m., get it all done, you know, walk the dog, you know, 
Um, I'll put incense in the room. I'll clear any energies out of the room. You know, I'll make sure I'm, I'm really good. I'll, I'll put the kind of like the, the music on. So I've just got something which would just kind of keep me level headed. But I always try and get the hard stuff done first. You know, that's the, the key thing because you've got to work out when is your most productive time. For me, I'm a morning person. I'm usually up at five. I want to get, you know, shit done. I've got a nine-year-old who, you know, I've got to push out the door to get to school and all that kind of stuff. So I've got to kind of work that into it. Um, but I think the other thing is if you're working with clients and you're designing programs, and I think this is one of the, the hardest lessons that um, personal trainers need to learn and also new chat practitioners that, You've got to put the energy into designing a good program. It can't just be, you know, walk into a room and think, well, yeah, we're just going to do some Swiss ball stuff with this person today. Or I did some legs session yesterday. I've learned some really something cool of Instagram or TikTok. That's what I'm going to do today. Mm. Well, you can't. You've got to plan it, obviously, as you know, as practitioners, because that's what makes us different. But you kind of, you've got to have the energy to do that. And it's not just you know, the physical components of it. It's it's making sure that we've accounted for all the different aspects. One of the things I also kind of found with students, um, uh, when I took over Czech Europe in 2010 or 2011, was that I found that when I kind of started speaking to a lot of practitioners, because uh, I inherited, a, a you know, a, you know data of, of the company and, and everything like that at the time, um, and I started to phone lots of high-level practitioners in the UK and you Europe and I was only IMS one and HLC one at the time. I already had a, a you know a good business. I was always you know I was already kind of um, making some good revenue and I actually had two full time staff and all that. But I, I couldn't believe that some of these high level practitioners just weren't making it work and they were slipping back into the personal training bits and uh, and if they're an osteopath they were doing a little bit more osteopathic but they weren't really blending it. And the the thing that I find is that. They're not being kind of, they're not, first of all, they're not using the whole system. You know, HLC work is great. You know, and I know a lot of people say, well, I'm more into the HLC stuff and I'm more into the physical stuff. But what makes us different is that we combine it, you know, and you might be strong in one area, you might be strong in another area, but what we've got to do is we've got to be able to actually, to really get uh, ourselves centered so that we can really work on what this the client needs and it's the client centered approach it's not our centered approach because if you know you you find a lot of um check uh, professionals might only be hlc and some only might be ims1 but i changed the whole system when i took over and that's why it's called ims1 two and three and four now it's not called check practitioner one two and, and all that kind of stuff i changed it because I don't want people calling themselves a check practitioner if they're not doing the whole lot, you know, if they're not doing the HLC and the, uh, the kind of physical side. So I think, you know, the, that is one of the things that makes us very, very different. And as we get older, you know, your, your kind of specialization might kind of go into an area, which is cool. But if you want to kind of work in more of the spiritual components of work with clients, that's cool. But we can't neglect the other sides because it's it's what makes us different. You know, that's that's what that's what it's all about. Yeah, you Absolutely. can't meditate off four Red Bulls a day. You know? <laughs> 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 so that's that's so true, man. And I, I see that with people doing like sort of these breathwork things and all mm -hmm. this. But if they're eating shit, you can't neglect that we're still chemicals as much as we're spiritual beings. It's mm -hmm. still we still got chemicals going on, and and when you connect to your body, it's clear as day when you're. When you break those rules, you feel shit. And sometimes you can't just meditate your way out of it. Sometimes you just got to wait till your body detoxes it. It's like, say, yeah. when we have um, 
I have a red wine. Uh, for some reason, red wine for me just, I don't know. It's, it's my favorite, but it doesn't like me. And the next day, it's my my <laughs> dopamine will be less. My serotonin will be less, I should say. And yeah. and and I can I can witness it, right? And it won't change my choices. I'll still do my shit. But I'm witnessing it and knowing, okay, well, that's what that is. That's uh, I can't just think my way out of this. It's going to wait. And a few hours later, it's sort of cleared out and the information feels like it goes away and I feel good again. But that's a physical thing changing my emotions. And I can do my best to try and spiritually get out of it, but... I just know myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. With, with, with all our clients now, once we, once we like, you know, at the start, like we, we our prices were too low and stuff and we'll kind of like just, we had to start and just get, we got a bunch of clients through the door, but as our prices got up, then we put a lot more time and effort into the whole thing. Like, you know, all the health appraisal questionnaires, the dialogue, the four doctors, um, you know, what's your dream, everything, spent a lot more time on that and did the physical thing and, for me, that gives me such a good like scope of where to start with a with someone, because if they're just their guts not working because they're just inflamed, which is quite a lot of people, we're not going to get their back pain working at all. <laughs> we're not going to get their back working and out of pain at all. Yeah, so and we've had like, people write in that just do like the parasite cleanse and yeah. like years of SI joint pain that's gone away. That was <laughs> yeah. like inflammation, you know, or, or the gut or the core. Something's happening there, mm. and I think a lot of it, um, a lot of the pain. I think that, that me personally, this is my belief. I think most people's biggest jump in pain is going to be from them cutting their inflammation out more than any stretch or exercise I give them. You know, even though they need that, I think, I think the inflammation is, is such yeah, a big yeah. thing and a missing link um, in the rehab field. So, you know, I had a guy recently that had 10 years of back pain and he was just not on point with his foods. And I just sort of told him, this is why. And he'd never been told that. And his pain was so bad that he was like, oh, fucking oath, I'll do that if that's going to help me with this. Yeah. And he did it in a second, man. He got he got out of pain. Now he's surfing again. So mm. just got to be it, told. It's so, it's so basic, though, when, you, when you've when you been doing this for, yeah. for years, as you yeah. know, as you guys have. It's, it, it's, it's the basic stuff, you know, and nobody's doing it. And I can say with full confidence uh, from owning physiotherapy clinics, osteopathic clinics, chiropractic clinics, traditional Chinese medicine practitioner clinics, you know, and hiring sports therapists and you know, the, the multitude of different people are actually have kind of uh, employed over the years that nobody's doing this. Nobody's doing what we do as check practitioners, you know, to the level that we're doing that. Now, I'm not saying that check practitioners or um, the thing that, that can actually, or the profession that can actually help everybody because we can't. And that's, that's wonderful as well, because I still used to refer out all the time. You know, if there was an area that, I, you know, I wouldn't work with acute pain. That was one thing that we just, we don't do as check practitioners. If somebody comes in and they've, you know, they've, they've got an acute injury, then I need that referred. I need that. Yeah. Either go to the GP or go to a good physio, somebody I trust, you know. Mm. Um, but what we are absolutely phenomenal on is on the kind of chronic dysfunction. That is what we just do so well on. Mm. We also do so well with kind of like taking somebody's kind of health up to the next level, you know, and definitely for performance, you know, performance sports, um, you know, any kind of professional sport, we're just wonderful at that because we take, we can find so many areas that we can improve on. And, and that's what makes us, you know, really different. Yeah, that's yeah. so well said. I used to think um, when I was younger, so when I was 21, I knew about the Czech Institute. In Australia, there wasn't heaps of pr practitioners. I think there was like maybe five like, high level that I knew of back then. Um, like like Dan Hellman, Donald Carr, Jan Carton. Um, that was kind of it, eh? Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all. Well, I that's know, that's yeah. all I knew at the time, and I was like, 
fuck, this shit is going to blow up. Like, how do we get our tickets in this now? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and I've always believed that. I've always believed that. I'm eh? just yeah. like, it's only a matter of time. Like, and man, I, I got no reason to like, there's nothing I gain out of that. It's just, just to help the world on a better, a, a bigger platform. It's like, I truly believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't really say that about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's pretty I mean? cool. Yeah. Man, this, um, this has been a great chat. Hey, like yeah. I've, loved it it's it's really cool hearing that it's all in great hands as as we knew it was anyway but yeah. just hearing you personally what's what's next yeah what's next got any big plans on the horizon for the, for the czech institute yeah, guys uh, you know big plans <laughs> are my thing uh, yeah so the one of the things that um we're working on many things at the moment actually but um a lot of the classic kind of products you know, uh, we're updating all of them. So, you know, the thing about it is, is like, if you look at scientific core conditioning, it was like made in the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. You look at it, you think, oh, that's really old. And, you know, whatever. The content is still oh, head and shoulders yeah. above anything out there. You know, yeah. there's, there's nobody touching that yet. Yeah. Um, so we're going to reshoot everything, actually. We're, we're actually reshooting everything. Um, we've just we've redone IMS3. Um, I don't know if you guys did lower limb in IMS3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, that was fucking so good. That, that's my favorite so, one yet. That um, that was uh, a new addition that myself and Matthew uh, Walden, you know, came up with to come up with, you know, bringing that into it. Um, we're doing the IMS3 uh, refreshers as well, which is, um, so if somebody's kind of done an IMS3 from years and years ago, then they can come and do a refresher course and, and get up to speed with it. But my the biggest dream for us now is uh, the biggest dream is to actually create check clinic uh, licensing, so that oh, anybody above the kind of like check practitioner level three and above can actually own own their own check clinic uh, with the kind of like it's almost like a franchise model, but it's not. It's you own it. You know, it, you're not paying commissions or anything like that. It, it's a license uh, that you'll wow. be um, utilizing. So we want to, that's going to launch at the end of next year um, globally. So that's the big thing. Now, my hack, my big, hairy, audacious goal is that within 10 years, the Czech clinics are going to be the number one franchise model, if you will, on kind of private health clinics um, globally. And I want to have double the amount of Czech clinics than there are McDonald's in the world. Yeah. That is my, yeah. my big goal, which actually integrate lots of different types of health modality within the check clinic system the other thing that i want to do uh, in before that because obviously that's our 10-year goal um but before that we need to launch a product which is aimed specifically at the general public to raise awareness about what we do as check practitioners yeah so it's going to actually check practitioners you know get clients because the relevance will, they'll see it you know they'll, they'll go through the system um of just the basics of how to move healthy and then they'll seek out a practitioner because they realize that it's these people this this kind of weird group of of uh, people that call themselves chat practitioners that can actually do the work they can actually do the assessments they can go deeper uh, dive into different aspects of health um there's there's a, a massive amount of projects that i've got planned over the next uh, three years alone but um for, for me, it's I love business. You see, uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's not it's not about the dollar uh, amount. It's about, about what we can create and what how we can change things. And you know, having living in the UK and seeing the absolute um, 
horrible situation where the NHS is in, the National Health Service in the UK, mm. it's it dire. You know, we, we've got to do, somebody's got to take responsibility for it and we all need to take responsibility for it. But it's things like that. It, it's trying to educate the world that there's something different and it doesn't cost a great deal of money. You know, if you do the simple things that we teach as the four doctors and six foundational principles, most people can change their life, you know? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm on a bit of a mission at the moment to to really start um, pushing that forward. Man, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can't wait to help you. Hey, yeah, yeah. Sure. Fuck anything there. you need down here, we can we can help as best yeah, we can. That'd be sick. Um, you, you guys are already doing it. You know, what you're doing exactly. <laughs> That is it, you know. You Shit people yeah. say to us, "How are we, we going to get the general public to understand what we are as Czech practitioners?" And we, we can, we can produce things, but in the end, it's actually having Czech practitioners work in a great business model. You know, actually knowing about business, actually being um, profitable, actually growing. You know, different having multiple clinics. That is the way that we actually do it. It's not by shitloads of marketing and all that kind of stuff, because mm. as you know, the fitness industry and the health industry generally is just full of shit mm. you know it's full of fans and what we need to do is we've got to cut through that bullshit and we've got to they say well this is the real deal this is what we actually do and we're you know we're examples of that yeah, and that's that's awesome yeah I think, I think we've got to do that i think we've got to get people working under us yeah that's that's <laughs> a less that's a signal from us because that our mentor was telling us the other day is like what, what are you going to do like you're going to keep working with people you're not you know and it's not what i want to keep doing forever because it's you know, it's, it's nice to have the freedom, but I still want to stay connected. And I love mm. it. Like if I'm doing yeah. an assessment, man, it's like I'm in my flow state, you know, it's yeah. like time just flies. Um, and I just want to, I love teaching it. Like the people that work out of here now, right? They were all three of them, three of them right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were three of my old clients, right? So they were just clients, different jobs. One was an electrician. One was a school teacher. And one was like, I don't even know what he did. Some like sort of handyman stuff. Mm. And, they all got so into it that then they have all done the check courses now. They just did IMS 2 mm. with Susie yeah. down in Brizzy. Yeah. Um, and actually everyone in that course was our, f- the, our friend except yeah. one, right? Yeah, there was yeah. like eight people and seven yeah. of them was, a, was our friend. Yeah. So it's like that's how much you can inspire people, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's how much that they've changed people. And they're doing well. They're all doing well. They've changed careers and they're making money. They're, they've they're so happy. You can see they're so mm. happy that they're not in the nine to five anymore, you know? <laughs> so that's for people listening. Hey, like yeah. if it's, if it's, so good. if it's tingling on your passion, fuck, I, uh, it's, you know, we're examples that you can do it and you don't need to follow the rule. I didn't go to uni. You no, know? I was, I dropped out in grade eight. Yeah. Jake dropped out <laughs> in grade eight. I went to prison. I don't know if you know, I went to prison or not. I went to prison like, <laughs> like, um, in 2015 for, for drugs. Right. How funny is that? And now it's like, I, I wouldn't touch a Panadol. <laughs> so it's like, it's crazy that you can, you can, or, you know, that I was told my life's over, you can't do this, can't do that. But we're doing, we're doing well just following the principles. So that's, that's why it's, it's cool. I think that's what's helped us a lot with mm. Jake was one of the world's best bodybuilders. My old story. I think that's what sort of get us, get us over the edge, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's kind of common as well. I left school at 16 and um, I never wanted to uh, kind of go into you know, academic, because I, I just wasn't academic, but um, I left school thinking I was, you know, I was just like stupid, you know, and because that was what was kind of drummed into me. I was always good physically. I, I competed in judo in, in my teen years and then progressed on to different, you know, types of uh, boxed and um, wing chun, like you were saying before, and, and, and so on. But the, I think the thing about it, we all find our, 
it's kind of looking back and actually looking at um, all the lessons that we need to kind of retain. You know, mm. what lessons can we retain? What should we retain? Which is going to help us move forward. Mm. But also, what lessons should we just like fucking dump? Because they are not serving us at all, you know? And and it's knowing the difference. That, that's the kind of, that's the, the trick. It's to know what should we actually keep on and because it's going to inspire us to move forward. And what kind of stuff is just kind of holding on to us? And, you know, I, I'm always kind of looking to find out what other stuff do I need to dump? You know, what other kind of negativity am I actually getting through there that, I just need to let go of and get rid of. So it's, you know, I think it's it's a very, no matter if you're, um, you know, you've done a degree or a doctor of whatever and you're going to the Czech system um, or, you know, it's a change of career and you've never been good at, at school or education, then I think that the good thing is that we find we find the level, you know, in, in the class. And I think that's a beautiful thing about, you know, the Czech system and where that we've actually got it set up is that, it, it will it, people will find their own way of doing it you know yeah that's so true that's so true yeah, yeah. that's freedom yeah and you can't progress onto the next one until you feel sound with the first mm. part it's like it's sort of its own way to make it accountable because people don't just do the next one do the next one do the next one because it's so intense it's so yeah it's very it's a big course you know yeah and, and it's enough for like when i did ims2 i was like oh that's me for next couple of years, you know, before I did <laughs> IMS three. And yeah. I just wanted to get sound of like, why am I doing every bit of a thing in this assessment? Yeah. Um, and it just, you just start to perf- just get more confident with it. And it's mm. weird because the confidence, it's like, it's like you said before at the start, you, you don't have the, the confidence and you wouldn't without the experience. But then one day you don't even know when it happens, but you just start to feel confident about it or you start to feel like you're in your power and that you know a lot. Mm. Um, and it's like it's like a it's not even one moment. It's just like it just happens all of a sudden. You look yeah. back like, oh, I know what I'm talking about now. Like, <laughs> but from a not just a regurgitating, but I understand. I can see yeah. it in the body. Yeah, it's for really sure. cool. For yeah. sure. All right, man. Well, um, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it's it's yeah. it's huge for us to see that, you know that that it's grown into this, and we're we're yeah. super super stoked to be a part of it, and and super yeah. stoked to see it grow and see, take over the world. Let's take over the world. Yeah, <laughs> fucking oath. Uh, you know, complete world domination is the next thing. Let's go. And carry on with the project, guys. You're an inspiration to to many, many people. So thanks very much for everything that you're actually doing. And always reach out to me as well. Awesome. If, if you you know you want any guidance or anything at all, then that's what uh, I'm here for. I got one thing. I got one thing. When we started this podcast, we have a goal of getting Paul Check on the podcast. And I feel like you're the you're the man you're that the, could possibly make that happen the, in the we're future. The we're surrounding him. We've <laughs> done <laughs> Walden. We've done you, Susie, Susie Donald. Done Donald. Um, well, to let you know, I actually did send Paul your um, the podcast I listened to with uh, oh. with Nick Cool uh, as well. Oh, so sick. I, Paul, got that. so I said, Paul, these guys are, are wonderful. <laughs> you need to listen to it. They're really great. It's a really really great podcast. So he's got that. He knows that. Yeah. But uh, when you're out there, you know, because you're out there for MS4, aren't you? Is that right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. I think Callan's going to do I'm, it next year. I'm, but. I'm trying to get my visa sorted, which is another thing I could probably got to talk to you about. I got to find a um American like address for me to get over there because I can't go to travel to the states with my criminal record. But I, with the lawyer I'm seeing now, I can with the entertainment visa. But I need like a a reason why I'm going over there. You know what I mean? So yeah. if I'm going over to do a course or something, yeah, for then sure. I can travel back and forth for six years. And mm. our goal is to like, yeah, we want to go over there and blog, blog it all, and just vlog. Paul's place and you know IMS yeah. and just the whole journey really because we just want to really push YouTube for us. Yeah, we yeah. really want to we really want to grow our YouTube presence and um and and just hit 
on a way grander scale and just like blog that cool stuff and just make make it health a bit cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be. Well, Paul, will be able to, I can guarantee Paul. You know, he, he likes to meet genuine people like yourself. So. Um, Paul, I'm pretty sure that he'll be up for going through that with you and, and definitely doing a podcast interview with you at, yes, uh, at yeah. some point as well. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be a, an if. I think that's going to be a when. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. hopefully. Well, in the next in the next yeah. year or so. <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. Appreciate it heaps. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll, um, we'll stay in touch, eh? Yeah, pleasure. Nice speaking to you both. Thanks, mate. Much love. Bye.